I've had these tabs open for so long because wait, are you a tab hoarder? Episodes. <laughs> well, until I'm done with them. Oh, okay. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like anyone who has 117 unread texts is also a tab hoarder. <laughs> uh, I think I have three right now, but it's because it's like the automated texts you get from like like a bill to remind you that the bill is coming due. Mm, you're on your clean journey. And when I pay the bill, I read the text so that it goes away. Right. As many do. But, but it's also on my calendar. I create re- like redundancies for myself in that way. Like reminders to like the, a bill yeah, that like, is going to be charged automatically. Bills are on my, yeah, it's on auto draft, but it's on my calendar so that I know to expect it to be leaving my account. But it's also in my messages because they have auto text alerts to remind you like, hey, your T-Mobile right. bill is coming up. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's reminding me that I have to text my review of my facial because it was bad. Oh, no. I told you about it. No. I didn't. You got a bad. I think I did Wait, what you. happened? Are you sure I didn't tell you? I don't think so. About the laser facial I got at Absolutely not. <gasps> Wait, right. That's why I had to leave your house. I had a facial appointment. Uh-huh. Wait, bad in what way? There was a laser. Okay. The laser I loved. Honestly, the laser did its job. Uh-huh. It was $50. For like first time customer for like a $250 quote unquote signature facial. Okay. There was no facial component to it other than the laser that touched my face. But there was no like, there was just like no, like it it took a total of 15 minutes maybe. Oh, that's it. That's it. Like I was treated like a freaking livestock. In and out. In and out. But not, no, I wish it were in and out because at in and out. They do it the way you want, and they're not trying to upcharge you. They're not even going to tell you about their secret menu. You've got to know about it. But at freaking which is basically like a chain, I think, of facial, laser facial, whatever, they, from the second I walked in, they were up selling me they were like okay so like tell me about your skin routine and i'm I'm talking to this girl and i'm gonna be honest her skin wasn't good oh i'm like i didn't want to say anything but i was like she's the person doing the facial or she's just like the intake person she was well i got fucking because i feel like the intake person can get away with not having good skin because they're just paper it's true but there was like four different intake people that i got like passed around to as well like i never spoke to the same person twice that's like very scientology very what is the what's the psychology around doing that they get you tired so you agree to something without like realizing it okay well if that was their tactic i could see that and Mm -hmm. it didn't work because i have a very keen eye nowadays for you know just people trying to finally attenuated bullshit meter exactly Uh i used to be so much more naive and so much more like yeah like whatever you want like oh like you know you're so nice to me i have to yeah because you just like believe that people are just like not otherwise motivated and now i'm like take them at the word kind of thing this is why i found it so heinous because they weren't even good salesmen Mm. it was so transparent and inauthentic the way that that they were trying to fucking upsell me so they're like what's your like what's your skincare routine i was like well i you know i have a salicylic acid cleanser and a ph balancing toner both good things yeah and i've got serum and i've got a moisturizer they're like well i think you could really add a hyaluronic acid and also an spf um well we can talk about all that after your treatment and i'm just like okay i go in to get my treatment he's this guy's like i'm gonna be your nurse i'm like okay you're my nurse i was like what am i getting an iv drip but no so i like lay down you know he does the laser on me it's an interesting sensation i actually have never experienced tingly bernie both oh yeah i I was like wow there's genuinely a laser pew 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 yeah addressing like a different layer of my skin than i'm used to and then after 10 minutes he was like all right so i'm gonna just write down like what i recommend for you and like he fills out like kind of like a prescription Uh pad but it's like you know their version of a prescription pad with just like their products listed on it and he recommends that i come back for a facial twice a month of course you know it's like that's over 500 dollars a month right it's like i'm sure there are people in los angeles that can and will oh yeah diamond dozen and but also like you don't have to go to somebody it's just like definitely like if you're i don't know trying to get your skincare under like control or whatever like go see an esthetician but like you don't have to go get facials every month no especially because this wasn't a facial this was literally a 15 minute 
not even like laser experience. And they're like, but if you really want to see results, you'll do it. Anyway, so then I come back. Out. Like shaming you. Like, well, if you wanted to get any better, you'll exactly. come back. Exactly. And also Shady. when they told, they were like, what are your, what are your problem areas? And I told them like, you know, this is my concern, which is that like, you know, I just have a very specific type of, which is honestly, I, I don't have like a cookie cutter skin. You know what I mean? Like, Nobody does. No one does. Yeah. I was like, well, I have milia, which is like different from acne. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't actually just like uh, exfoliate it away. Like, and listen, I'm blessed to have milia. Like I would take milia over cystic acne any day. But that's just my area of concern. And yeah, they're like, sure. yeah, well, we don't really have a milia option. So I'm just going to put down acne. I was like, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Anyways, they usher me back into the lobby and or like whatever the front area where all their products are oh boy and now this other girl comes in and she's like okay so i have what your nurse recommended um this is our hyaluronic acid this is our like retinoxinoid queen cream this is our blah 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 serum this is our spf i love this spf because it's so light and lightweight and translucent like try it on your hand everybody says that though and i squirted on my hand it's opaque as fuck yeah like white cast yeah she goes oh well you have to rub it in more i was like she's like you took a lot i was like no, you're anything literally else? just saying anything you can yeah. that is not based in truth. And also, like, you're not telling me the truth. Like, mm-hmm. you work here. So why would you tell me the truth? Yeah. If you were telling me the truth, I'm sure you would recommend some products that aren't made by this particular company. Yeah. You know, I- I'm sure of it. So I was like, all right, well, you know, h- how much is one? You know, how much is that? And they're like $75. I'm like, okay. For how many ounces? For like a freaking one and a half ounce, like tiny tiny little vial not of... this chain thinking like their in-house product is like la mer or something exactly it's like because if... i will spend on we'll drop snail that. gel yes i will drop money on skincare products Plus it smells good i want to try hanacure hanacure is the best have facial. you done it it's my favorite facial I really want to do it. It looks like it works. You have to stay extremely still because it dries. The way it you... tightens as it dries. Yeah. And like if if the mask cracks on your skin when you wash it off, you'll have like everywhere it cracked, you'll have like a red line on your skin for like 45 to an hour no way. afterwards. How much is Hanukkah like? I think it's like $25 per facial. A box is like 125 Okay. Like, not bad. Not that bad. And Anyways, I'm here for products at work, and I will buy them. But, yeah, they're selling me all their fucking in-house vodka. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is our top shelf. Like, like, honey, no. And so then, this was really the most insulting part, because then I felt like it became sexist when this man who was observing our interaction steps in, because he feels like she's not... Like, just um, on a level of, like... She's not making the sale. Yeah. On a level Uh of me looking out for my fellow saleswoman, Uh she was doing a fine job, I'm sure. I mean, like, she was doing her best. I was not going to buy it, regardless of whether it was a man or a woman. Yeah, sure. But this guy, who's, like, very handsome and felt very just, like, he really... His mode of, like, his style, his flavor of salesmanship is a combination of being very handsome okay and pretty privileged yes pretty Works. privileged like truly when a beautiful person talks to you you feel like you have to do what they're saying yeah and it's like that vampire gaze exactly you get like locked in yes he had that he had like a blood vampire situation going mm. on and i you know had my cynical cap on from the moment i walked in mm-hmm. so i was like i'm not going i'm on a mission to not be upsold you yeah. know and to not be freaking what's the word where you get like i want to say like sheared but it's not sheared where you get like fleeced fleeced okay i was actually kind of close very close <laughs> I was I was on a mission to not be fleeced. Yeah. So I was like, I think I'm good. And then so now they're like, but wait, there's more. Literally, and they're speaking like at me so fast. All of their ability to sell was crumbling. Like I think they were refusing to accept that I was not going to buy anything. And like, there's just their tone became more and more like desperate and hurried. It's like Trump continuing the election, like the big lie, exactly of election, just like, like theft, and it's cringe because it's like, but they don't see it. Yeah. 
It was really gross. And then yeah. I was like, no, I'm I'm good. And they were like, I was like, let me see how it looks first. They're like, well, you're not going to notice anything on the first time. I was like, all right, well, yeah. And then when I walked out, I felt like they were going to talk shit about me like immediately. Just being like cheap bitch. Just had that energy of just like they were mad when I left. I don't like that. Right. But listen, it doesn't matter whether they were mad or not. I did not need to spend that money. And I didn't spend that money. And I, I for you. got the $50 thing. I tipped. On the regular price. Good for you. Because they made me. <laughs> but I will not be going back. And they've been texting, being like, how was your experience? And I think I'm going to let them know. Like, it is good feedback for them to know that their sales tactic was not successful. Yeah. Go in, queen. Thank you. What's new with you, Rhett? <laughs> well, I'll say I've been in this sort of like bender of like deep cleaning my house the past yes. several days, like steam cleaning, magic eraser ring. Smells amazing. Wearing a mask and using caustic chemicals, yeah. like really going on. Mustard in. gas in the shower. I mean, surprisingly, there are so many people that do that. And I see the videos on TikTok when they've like made it back home after going to the ER News with like mustard gas chemical burns. Right. And do what is... not mix ammonia with Clorox. Yeah, this is a PSA. For Christ's sake. It will burn your inside it creates mustard gas like a literal agent of chemical warfare do not do it when you inhale it third degree when you inhale it when it hits your eyes any any when it hits the mucous membranes inside your nose and your throat that's horrible if it makes it to your lungs it's really bad but all that to say right before you got here this evening i had to do like a, a last minute like all out scrub the house top to bottom mop the floors disinfect the floors and do you know why why you know i have an elderly dog she's about 14 <laughs> she's getting to that that like age of her life where i'm like do i start putting her in a diaper right i mean they go There's outside no shame in the diaper. they go outside like 10 times a day just to be safe but like she's getting old she can't always hold it except today they've gone outside like 10 times today and in the one moment I actually leave the house, I've gone for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I get home and I open the door and I walk in and immediately the air is like, something is wrong. Yeah. The lights are off and I'm like, Ugh, let me put my bags down. And I go to like walk into the front of the house to be like, oh no, did they have an accident in the front of the house? They had an accident in the front of the house. Do you know how I discovered it? No. When I stepped in it in my shoe and I slid down the hallway. <laughs> That's disgusting. And like, I don't have a gag reflex until it comes to like a baby's dirty diaper or something like that. So apparently, baby's dirty diapers don't smell. Not true. I agree. <laughs> but I, I think that's parents. I love you, parents who are parents to newborns. You're nose blind. I think you are nose blind. And we have a friend who's currently nose blind to a situation. Oh, yeah, we There's do. There's like a mysterious odor. Well, actually, she's the opposite of nose blind. She smells it everywhere where it's not even. She'll be like, it's on my jacket. And I'll like smell her jacket. Oh, I'm like, God. It's I like don't imprinted on her it. memory. Yes. Not that. An olfactory memory. She said she would rather have the metal mouth from the Paxlovid. Again, than have to deal than with have this? to smell. Yikes. What's happening in her? Which we the jury's out. We don't know whether it's a skunk. We don't know whether it's the sewage. I don't know. Have you seen Triangle? Oh no, you haven't seen Triangle. I'm saying that. Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, no, I it, it's it's kind of like um what's it called? like kind of White Lotusy. Yes, it won the Palm Door. Uh huh. And it's so fucking funny. It's kind of about class. I was saying it's kind of like Parasite in terms of theme. Uh huh. But if Parasite instead of being like Korean and uh kind of like playing up the like horror genre mm -hmm. it's more like the themes of parasite and it's british okay i don't know if it's fully british i mean it could be swedish or something but playing up more the like genre of lost oh yeah that's kind of a spoiler the only thing i know about it is whenever i guess it was showing at con this year yeah people i guess couldn't make it through the entire movie like there yeah. were moments where people walked out Do you know why no but that's kind of like what makes me want to see it should i tell you or no don't spoil it but can i tell you what triangle of sadness is you will find out in the first 10 minutes is it a sex thing no oh okay so one of the main characters is a model he's mm -hmm. a male model and he's like going on a go see on audition and really like it, it made me realize like damn i could never be a model not just because i'm ugly <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's rude. Your cells can hear you, Allie. <laughs> Shit, you're so right. Not just because I'm too beautiful, but also because it's so demeaning. Like, oh, yeah. you know, to like just be fully objectified for your. And that is objectively the job to yeah, be objectified. Absolutely. And you're competing with all these other gorgeous people. Yeah. 
You're just, and you're just going. Anyways, it just feels. So the first scene takes place in like an audition or not, you know, but like a model audition. Anyways, yeah, yeah. And they're like the guy like who's the like one of the fashion designers who's like judging. He goes, could you relax your triangle of sadness? <laughs> like between his eyes. Yes. And his eyebrows. It's like this and that and oh, that. Like the wow. classic, the lines that go, you know. The thing that people get Botox for. Yeah. Wow. And I was just like, oh, the triangle of sadness. Got it. I loved it. Yeah. But yeah, the movie rocked. China's rolling out a new super heavy rocket, very much like NASA's SLS, which is like the rocket that's taking the Artemis mission. And Artemis's mission is? To go back to the moon. Got it. With people? Not this one. This one's unmanned. Just high. Sort of like to autonomously like do its thing, come back. Get high, let say them learn. high. Yeah, like let them <laughs> learn what they can in the meantime. And then in like two years is the manned. I say manned. I mean crude, crude mission right, to the moon. I say all that to say China is about to roll out a new super heavy rocket that's like very on par with NASA's. And is it the one that keeps falling back into Earth? No, this one's better. <laughs> super heavy. I, be- I believe this one will be able to land itself. Okay. And like NASA's isn't able to do that. Oh, really? It's just the capsule that'll eventually come back to the ocean. Very like Apollo mission. I feel like when did drones get really big? Like recently, right? Well, drones in what way? Do you mean like the drones that did the light show in New York for Candy Crush? Just like drone tech. Mm, past five years. Right? Yeah. Maybe maybe the past 10. But also development, like technological development is exponential. It's true. Which is one of the talking points of the people who say that like, who lean on the side of, yes, we do live in a simulation. Because? Because of the way that technology progresses. Constantly revealing It's like a Fibonacci sequence, but technology. W- were we talking about like what a cell phone is last week? Or like how a cell phone works? Remember when I was yes. like? Yes. We were talking about how they work. Yeah. Just like, and I was saying. Transmissions in general. Yes. The magic mm-hmm. of today is the technology of tomorrow. And it's like, I mean, even to, even me today, because I'm no scientist and I'm no engineer, you know, like. If you told me it were possible to transmit electricity through the air mm-hmm. and not through a wire, if I had only known that like wired things exist and you told me, oh, we could go wireless and it'll still work. But the thing about it is we've known about that since Tesla. I know, but I just, it still blows my mind because I, seeing is believing. I'm like, I can't see it, so I can't believe it, yeah. but fucking believe it. What do you want to do? You want to get into a little bit of... Last week... I mean, it was kind of like, well, it was kind of like what we mentioned. It was like a nesting, like one of the Russian nesting dolls of like, I'm going to give you a little bit and then you're going to feel like you understand all of it. And then you're going to realize you can open it up more and realize there's more inside there. And then you're going to feel like you understand all of it again. And then you're just going to open it up. We're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. That's kind of like, I mean, we said it, this chapter last week was called, but wait, there's more. And I have just been sort of like in this weird suspended sense of like limbo since then, because I didn't read this chapter because I knew you were going to be carrying it for us. And I'm just like, I want to know so many things. Like, what was the cover story they were using with Ye Wenji? Why did they feel the need to use a cover story in the first place? Why are they using radio frequencies that she's realized are actually lower than microwave frequencies when they've right. told her what we're doing is sending microwaves out into space? Right. We're going to cook those satellites. Yeah. Like, I have so many questions. Like, why weren't they interested in the fact that the Americans were spying on their bases? Like, I just, so many things are just not adding up for me. So I'm... I'm like crossing all my fingers and my toes. The phalanges are crossed. I hope you're going to give me some answers. Well, Brett, what I want you to do at the end of this episode, and I hope we remember to do it, is tell me whether you feel like you have more answers, more questions. Or if I can sleep tonight. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Chapter 13, Red Coast 3. Ooh, the continuation. Okay, let's get into it. Start. Two. One. You are listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast reviewing our way through the three-body problem and discussing its real-life parallels. I'm Allie. I'm Brett. And on this episode, we're picking apart top-secret documents as Ye Wenji tells Wang everything about what was happening up at Radar Peak. And not to be the bearer of bad news, but spoiler alert, they're here.
Okay, please tell me you're about to pull back the curtain and not in like a pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, not to quote the Wizard of Oz, but like actual answers. Funny you say that. Because the of Wizard of Yes, the Wizard of Oz is not irrelevant. Oh. From today's episode. Okay. And you'll find out why. I was going to say, do you want to tell me how or do you want to let me just interrupt you when I realize what's going on? Do that, please. Are you ready? Red Coast 3, give it to me. You can't spell ready without red. red. <laughs> Are you ready for some SETI? SETI? As in like the search for extraterrestrial intelligence? Oh, yeah. That's oh, exactly what I mean. I'm always ready for SETI. So you're going to get a lot of SETI in this episode. I want that to be a t-shirt, by the way. Get ready, get SETI. Ready for SETI. Not now. If you stay SETI, you ain't got to get ready. Rock SETI. You get it? <laughs> like rock steady? Yeah. Is that a thing? Red Coast 3. I feel like you just opened the pit with that one. The mosh pit? Yeah. Yeah. We're moshing into into Red Coast 3, into All chapter right. 13. I'm ready. Because 13 also feels kind of like heck. <laughs> yeah. You know, go to heck. Welcome to heck. Red Coast 3. Okay. I'm here for it. Red Coast 3 opens, and this chapter looks a little different from any chapter that we've seen before because it oh, yeah. kind of looks like copies of classified documents. I was going to say, yeah, you mentioned something about that. Yes. I and like that. There's just like a little disclaimer in the beginning that the narrator says that, you know, the documents below were declassified three years after Ye Wenji is telling Wang Miao the inside story of the Red Coast base. So when she's telling him the story, she's giving away classified information? Yes. Technically. Technically. Got but it. as she said herself and as, you know, She's we like, know, this guy already published a book. Some guy published there. a book. It wasn't very accurate to, you know, in her opinion. So yeah. she's trying to like set the record straight. And the narrator is basically presenting us with the literal documents. You know, when like the CIA has documents. You remember yeah. when they did Project... Um, I mean, any of them. Like the Adam and Eve story or like Project Blue Book. Yes. Or what was that classic one with the brainwashing? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. MKUltra or... So it feels very like illicit to be seeing it. Yes. Yes. Like I should... I'm not not supposed to see this. I'm not going to get in trouble. It was was declassified. Right. What we're seeing. And and a lot... Also, a lot of things are omitted, you know, like sections. Like redacted? Not redacted, but omitted. Oh. So I don't know. It it doesn't say... They don't specify whether it's omitted for brevity or... Or whether it's omitted because it's... Like um, sensitive or... Well, because then they'll also make a distinction if it's still classified. Like certain sections were marked as still classified and certain sections were marked as omitted. So I wonder whether the narrator was choosing to omit it or if whether those were actually just simply omitted in the document. Like maybe they weren't included in the Freedom of Information Act request. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, call up Julian Assange and complain, okay? Hi, Julian. Um... (laughs) Just curious, why, uh, I'm looking to get... What do you know on SETI from Radar P? Yeah. Can you drop that? Real? Can you tweet that? It's time to be real. That's right. Is Julian Assange tweeting? <laughs> I don't know. Right? I'd be interested to hear what he has to say. Yeah. At any rate. So through this presentation of, of documents, we get an understanding of Project Red Coast. Okay. And how it came to be and why. And so there's this abstract that begins as any good report does outlining the two ways in which fundamental scientific research gets converted into practical application okay so let me say that again scientific research on fundamental science right like our quantum sciences how that gets converted into practical application and the way it happens is one of two ways and those two ways are gradualistic and saltatory okay and it defines each of these do you want to take a guess i would say gradualistic being like naturally as things progress they gradually sort of like become more apparent the purposes for which they can be used versus like what's the other word saltatory i would guess like out of necessity like we've got to find a way for this to be used not no like close you're definitely on to like you're on to something okay the gradualistic mode of converting fundamental scientific research into practical application mm-hmm. is where our theoretical results are gradually applied to technology okay in other words advances accumulate until reaching a breakthrough 
Okay. And one example of that is like space technology. Right. Right. We do all this research and we build upon that research and we build upon that research and we start to then apply it in this gradual way because now we have all this information. Sure. We figure out like how do we send a this missile. How, right. We, we do all the formulas. From here to another country when we're in the middle of like World War II. And then we realize like, oh, this missile can go this far. It can actually carry people to the moon. Right. And the space program. Exactly. Just yeah. an extension of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, building upon, building upon. Anyway. Saltatory is theoretical results are applied rapidly and lead to a technological leap. So almost like trying Got before it. you really know. Yeah. And a great example of that is, of course, the atomic bomb. Right. <laughs> An atomic weapon, you know, because we had never done it before. Car before the horse and everyone dies. Exactly. There yeah. was no, it was just like, oh, let's just see if this works. And then it did. And boy, and then, did it work. Boy, did it fucking begin a huge leap in technology. Not necessarily for the best, but yes. That. Okay. That was not a gradual development of practical application of yeah. theoretical research it was like okay i have this crazy theory throwing the noodles at the wall to see what sticks yeah exactly and i was like got it you know people really didn't know if we could uh harness the energy of an atom and it turned out we could so and you know i had a kind of a question for you do you think the internet was saltatory or gradualistic yes i don't think we fully understood the implications of what we've done with the internet yet right because you think about it when the moment that some ai reaches a singularity point and has like the equivalency of consciousness but it's connected to itself everywhere on the planet by our high-speed internet and our satellite internet yeah it's over it's not our planet anymore but if if the the internet goes out then that just means it can't communicate with itself around the planet in real time it doesn't mean it stops existing right so that will be saltatory that's what i think Right. The internet did feel like a major fucking leap. It wasn't like, oh, we were building the internet for a while. It was like, no, suddenly someone realized they could make the internet and did. Like the beginning of an entirely new era. Yes. So I agree. The internet, I think, is also saltatory. Yeah. So then the article goes on to say the different fields where technological leaps are most likely to occur. Oh, okay. And those fields are, do you want to guess? There's four. Obviously, all in science. Yeah, they're all STEM. Oh, they're all STEM, not necessarily science. I'm gonna say, well, I mean, because we've made so much hay about it up until this point. Physics. Yes. (laughs) Technology. Sort of. Another word for technology would be, Um, like, what's the basis of our technology? Like, computing? Computer science. Okay. Warfare? Oh, okay. I'm just thinking through an American lens. Like whenever we make, whenever technology filters down to people, it's usually because like it had some kind of a military application first. No, always. Everything has a military application. Um, manufacturing? Nope. I have no idea. Biology. Okay. Weirdly. And lastly, SETI. S-E-T-I. Okay. Which stands for Search Search for for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And the article argues that the focus of most uh, research Mm -hmm. is currently on a gradualistic mode of development and argues that there is insufficient attention being paid to the possibility of technological leaps through saltatory Mm -hmm. methods of trying out fundamental theoretical scientific results and it also then says that the search for extraterrestrial intelligence seti has the greatest potential for a technological leap and the impact of a technological leap in the search for extraterrestrial intelligence will have the greatest impact on the other three fields biology physics and computer science i mean kind of makes sense though right like if we because all three of those things like say like assume you find alien life all three of those things are rolled up into the search for extraterrestrial intelligence exactly like you find life there's your biology you've got new technology that helps you find life there's your computing what was the other one physics and physics it changes everything about like if they're close enough might they visit us might we want to visit them it's literally like being introduced to an entire new civilization that has developed their has their own history yeah. of physics and biology and computer science it coexisting in our universe yeah. which means that it is compatible with our world yeah 
That's fascinating. Yeah. So after kind of establishing that abstract, the report goes on to instruct quote unquote central leadership, you know, in the CCP to distribute this article to personnel and organize discussion groups. And it talks about how like some people are going to be skeptical and say like, no, 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 we shouldn't focus any effort on Seti. Yeah. Some comrades, it says, will be focused on like the political implications. Sure. And of course, yeah, you know, and, and some people will be too arrogant to like want to consider this as worthwhile endeavor yeah. because of whatever, you know, th- wherever their interests currently lie. And the article is like, but it is important to implement and appreciate long term thinking here. And, you know, I feel like that's hard for people in general. Oh, my God. And I mean, if you listen to our interview with Bruce Rout on our Patreon, we get into that a a bit. And I he has his own theories on why it sometimes seems like the power structures that be actually don't want progress. Right. Yeah. Even if they are like institutions that devote themselves to progress in technology and science. But yes, so these blind spots are dangerous. And that concludes like the first section of this document. Okay. Then we go into section two, which is research report on the possibility of technology leaps due to the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Okay. So it goes on to then outline a variety of projects internationally that already focus on SETI. Okay. The scientific case and the necessity for the search for extraterrestrial intelligence is generally accepted by the U.S. and NATO states and and strong academic uh, support already exists. So it's like wow, listing these okay. things. So it literally makes you go, wait, are these documents actually real? Because they Here again, very well Sishin could Lu, see. Like tying this stuff so closely to real life, you really don't know where the story, the fictionalized story starts. And where it ends. Like, is this fictionalized story being passed off to us as a fiction? Or, like, right. have we just been given, like, the world's biggest, like, sleeper of true information? Exactly. And I like I to love think that. it's the latter. And it talks about Project Ozma. It talks about it in the future tense. Because when this document is being written, it's, you know. Hasn't happened yet. Project Ozma is referenced as this West Virginia Radio Astronomy Observatory where they searched for extraterrestrial intelligence using okay. radio telescopes. Project Ozma. Ozma gives me the Incredibles vibes. Yeah, it's right? like, well, also it's giving me Isma, which yeah. is like, pull the lever, crunk. Ew, yes, yes. That's also Wrong lever. Project Ozma was, in fact, a real radio astronomy observatory operation. In West Virginia. The U.S. loves like insane, like obscure, like literature based or like mythological based references to their project names. I know. It's really cute because Project Ozma borrows from Princess Ozma, which is the ruler of the fictional land of Oz. Oh, see, that's how I I got it. Okay. In the the books of the Emerald City of Oz, which I've never read. Mm Mm-mm. Same. I kind of want to read them. Like the original. I think they're probably fucking freaky. Probably. We got to do a deep dive on that. Well, anyways, Project Ozma, their whole thing was aiming this radio telescope that was 26 meters wide in diameter. Okay. And examining the stars Tau Ceti and Epsilon Iridani okay. for 200 hours using a very specific range the 1,420 gigahertz frequency range. And like basically because they were like, these are sun-like stars that seemed reasonably likely to have inhabited planets. And they were listening for... Like signs of life happening on planets around Radio them? frequency, Whoa. like messages on that particular frequency for 200 hours. Got it. Then in Three Body Problem, in this chapter, in this document... That we don't know whether it's real or false. It talks about Project Ozma 2, which will involve more targets and a broader frequency range that's planned for 1972. Also, real did actually happen in 1972. Project Ozma 2. You get the idea. It goes on to talk about Pioneer 10 and 11, which were these probes... Do you know about Pioneer 1011? Yes, but oh, tell us about it. What do you know? I just know they were probes that we sent out that sort of like, no, you know what? Actually, I'm thinking about Voyager. Maybe I don't know about Pioneer. Pioneer 10 was an American space probe uh-huh. launched in 1972, and it completed the first mission to Jupiter. Whoa. Okay, cool. And it became the first of five artificial objects to achieve the escape velocity needed to leave the solar system. Wow. Okay, got it. Crazily enough... 
radio communications were lost with Pioneer 10 in 2003. Okay. Like 30 years later because of loss of electric power for its radio transmitter. Wow. So that little battery was just like Duracell. Just boop. Going and going and going. Right? And then I think about, do you ever see those little delivery robots rolling around? Yes. I saw my first one the other day. The Amazon ones. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make you sad? Uh, no. It looked like it had purpose. They make me sad. I'm like, oh my God, I have empathy for a machine and it's because they just look like they're trying so hard and like that's how the singularity is going to be so dangerous yeah totally they're getting up on the curb hard for them to get up on the curb people are like graffitiing them and like beating them up and and just feels like really really mean but what if it looked like a human like uncanny valley human like not convincing like convincing enough like sophia sophia the robot who has like citizenship in like saudi arabia i think i'm dangerously empathetic to inanimate objects (laughs) like i mean the the question is is it inanimate it moves it's not inanimate it's It's literally animate i think the debate is is it conscious right is it conscious and Honey, I don't know. So that was Pioneer 10 and 11. So they were, these probes, however, were carrying a metal plaque with info about Earth. So that was Voyager too. I, so Pioneer had that also? Yes. Pioneer preceded oh, wow. that. Well, so then next it talks about Voyager 1 and 2, which carried a metal audio record. A literal golden record. Yes. Literally containing information about Earth once again. Like whale sounds, babies crying, classical music, examples of language. And we'll get into that for sure. It's coming up. Yes. But and so it just continues to like list a couple more. The Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico Mm -hmm. constructed. Sadly, we lost recently. Well, so it was decommissioned. And then as it stopped being used, it fell into literal decay erosion entropy yeah well i think it was like an earthquake or something that like actually caused like the final like the cables snapped yeah it's like it's tragic there's a video of it you can watch it's sad but basically yeah the arecibo observatory in puerto rico had sixty-five thousand channels wow um and it was capable of ultra high energy transmissions and could collect like 20 acres um of data you know from the sky which Damn, was that's a wide net at a point it was the most in the world like in terms of collection area of a yeah. radio telescope uh, i'm sorry at one point it was more than all of the areas in the world combined like all other radio telescopes oh, combined it. whoa yeah but since then it's kind of it's been decommissioned yeah. and it's fallen into disrepair and I, I i don't know if it's like a museum now but probably eventually and then lastly it references the soviet union which was building something called a vlbi uh-huh. which stands for very long baseline interferometry aperture synthesis radio telescope a vlbi is a type of astronomical interferometry wait a second now you saying this we've talked about vlbi when we talked about the fast radio telescope in china oh the fast yeah but give me a refresher because that's all i'm remembering in vlbi a signal from an astronomical radio source such as a quasar Mm -hmm. is collected at multiple radio telescopes on earth or in space and the distance between the telescopes is then calculated using the time difference between arrivals and this allows observations of an object that are made simultaneously by many radio telescopes to be combined emulating a telescope with a size equal to like you know and insi- exactly so Got we don't it. have to build okay, as yeah. big of a telescope cool. so the soviet union was building one of these back in late 60s like cold war era um yes and and so this document is listing all these things as a way to then say, we need to do this too, China. There are certain sections here that are listed as omitted, but you can see their titles. One of those is the preliminary analysis of social patterns of extraterrestrial civilizations using a materialist conception of history. Whoa. But like it's that whole section is omitted. That's why I was like, maybe it's omitted because it's just not relevant. To... Maybe. Maybe it's also largely conjecture. Like we're looking back at our own history and then hypothesizing what an alien civilization may be like. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, another omitted one is a preliminary analysis of the influence of extraterrestrial civilizations on human social and political trends. Oh. And then another omitted section is preliminary analysis of the influence 
on current international patterns due to the possible contact with extraterrestrial civilizations. And it has subsections like what is going to be the influence on international patterns if we have unidirectional contact, only receiving messages sent by ET, or bidirectional contact, an exchange of messages between ET. I feel like fastest way to freak the fuck out of the entire world is have only unidirectional. Yeah. Like they'll only send messages, but they don't bother to pick up the phone. We need bidirectional. Yeah. And then if you really, it's like, okay, so then it talks about, and I love this, this feels very like the game Fallout, you know, where it's just like scary. But also, you know how these books end and I don't. Mm -hmm. So maybe this will mean more to you. But there's two sections that are marked as still classified okay not omitted still classified and one of those is called the danger and consequences of superpowers making initial contact with et intelligence and monopolizing such contact i mean yeah right about it and so there's a whole section basically that this chinese reporter is saying like you know these are the dangers and consequences of if the u.s is the first to make contact and then monopolize that contact yeah i mean just in this replace et's with like the nuclear bomb right exactly and it's the reason why so many nations were like rushing to develop the same thing because like any one nation with it even if they're friendly with other nations that's like a power that like nobody should have no but like especially no one person should have right so yeah the terrifying that prospect so and there's three subsections one is like consequences of american imperialists and nato making initial contact section two is consequences of soviet revisionists and and warsaw pact uh making initial contact and monopolizing it and then section three is instructions for central leadership once again and this is basically where the writer of this document says you know other countries have already sent their messages out into space it's dangerous if extraterrestrials only hear american voices or soviet voices we should speak up as well only then will we get a complete picture of human society it's not possible to get the truth by only listening to one side we have to make this happen we got to make it happen quickly and yeah. this signs and dates it but all the signatures and the exact dates are also obscured hmm. so you don't know who signed it or who did it or who wrote it research report number three now this is called regarding the initial phase of red coast okay so now you're understanding okay All of this is leading up to the proposal of Red Coast Base. It says top secret. And the number of copies of this document that exists is two. Oh, wow. And it says first, the goal to search for possible extraterrestrial intelligence and to attempt contact and exchange. That is the purpose of Red Coast Base. Got it. Ding. Number two. Then it kind of gets into the specs of like the searching and monitoring. Okay. So it talks about the monitoring frequency range will be between 1,000 and 40,000 megahertz. How many monitoring channels? 15,000. Key frequencies to monitor? The hydrogen atom frequency. Okay. Which is at 1420. Uh, Makes sense. It's like one of the most common elements in the universe. Right. Right. Like it's it's almost like what is like our most used phone number almost, you know, like yeah, the right. phone, mo- the telephone line that is yeah. the most used. Area code 917. Yeah. Or like the highway, whatever interstate They're is like traveling. The furthest. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. So 1420, I guess, is like, you know, your US one <laughs> or whatever. Is route US- 66. Yeah. Route 66. Yeah, wow. Then you've got your hydroxyl radiation frequency at 1667. Okay. It's like, you know, in Finding Nemo when they're looking for the East Australian current. Yeah. You're riding it, my dude. (laughs) Except you're riding the water molecule radiation frequency at 22,000. You're riding riding the water molecule radiation frequency, my brother. Got it. And then the target range is going to be this sphere centered around the Earth with a radius of 1,000 light years containing approximately 20 million stars. Mm -hmm. And then it says like, for a list of exact targets, see, see Appendix 1. Got it. Okay. Message transmission. So those are the monitoring tra- like frequencies. The frequencies that they're going to be transmitting a message is 2,800, okay. 12,000, and 22,000 again. The power, 10 to 25 megawatts. The target area is a sphere around Earth with a radius of 200 light years, containing okay. approximately 100,000 stars. So a little bit smaller. That's for sending. For sending. Got they're it. sending to a smaller range and monitoring a larger range. I mean, think about it just from like a security standpoint smart 
Right. Wait, why? Well, I'm just thinking like, so say like hypothetically you like make contact or otherwise discover, maybe you don't actually make contact, but maybe you're like listening and you've like also sent a message and like you discover there's ET out there or something and you've sent it like, I don't know, let's say like, what was the range of listening? Thousand light years? Yes. And then for sending messages, they set a range of 200 light years. So like, let's just say like for, I don't know, purposes of the illustration, Let's say you're both listening and transmitting messages at 100,000 light years. A lot. And you not only hear evidence of like somebody, but also have sent information. Mm. Assume that they hear your message. Yeah. Which also gives away the location. Well. And. We'll get into that too. They're like unfriendly. And you've like fucked the planet 100,000 light years in the future. So I'm like, that's a smart approach. Totally. Like, let's not tell, let's not speak to too many people too quickly. Yeah. Look, we're here to listen. Can't trust everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That is very prudent. They also develop a Red Coast self-interpreting code system. Just using basic mathematical and physical laws to construct an elemental linguistic code that can be understood by any civilization that has mastered basic algebra euclidean geometry mm-hmm. and the laws of classical mechanics just your basics yeah and using that code and supplementing it with low resolution images they will gradually be able to build up a full linguistic system so when they send this message you know there's the whole system of decoding what they're sending is in there and the languages it supports is chinese okay and esperanto <gasps> which is the language i told you about un- th- yeah the universal that like, they tried language. to like develop back in the freaking- yeah like a combination I if it was of- developed with that in mind or if it was more about domestically i don't know but it's wild because no joke i'd never heard of that like i mean I've i've read the book but like i've never heard of it in conversation you're the first person that's actually talked about the language esperanto crazy to me like the week after you talked about it to me i started seeing videos of people speaking in esperanto on tiktok oh so people do speak it and if you're curious esperanto sounds like i think like a combination of like all the sounds of like modern languages that you've heard Mm -hmm. in an effort to sort of like produce one universal language and it sounds like this I love that. And you know what Esperanto translates to in English? One who hopes. Oh. Which is kind of appropriate for its use in SETI. But yeah, so interestingly, Esperanto in Chinese. Sick. So the entire system's info content it prescribes should be... It it literally says like what the size of of the... data is as well oh wow it's like 680 kilobytes and they say that should be transmitted at these various frequencies and it will take this many minutes for it to fully be transmitted got it depending on the frequency between 132 to 1183 minutes whoa what what does that equal in the end it's been so long since i've been living in like wang's countdown i know oh it's like a day content of the message oh here we go so your table of contents there's going to be an overview of earth okay an overview of life on earth okay an overview of human society and then like basic world history whoa right so an overview of earth where it's like okay this you know i guess i was imagining like water continents yeah like what it is where it exists in its solar system yeah well i don't know that they would give away exactly we'll get to that too but got it but maybe like the kind of general elements right like we're oxygen based we're we got nitrogen like these are made of this totally then overview of life on earth so like we've got multicellular organs we've got fungi we've got plants we've got you know giving general description of the tree of life yes with all its branches yeah then the overview of human society right like what came out of life on earth you know we've got countries we've got you know how we fell into formation yes and then finally basic world history which comes out of human society so it's just like a very like logical sort of tree of information yeah and the entire message will be sent along with the self-interpreting code system and then the author of the document is like the message 
must be carefully vetted to ensure it doesn't give away Earth's coordinates relative to the Milky Way. See, smart, because I would just be sending out being like, hi, I'm right here, like dropping a pin, basically. Right. And just hoping for the best. And now you're making me, so I had a question, but you kind of answered it for me already. It says the way to also uh, reduce the likelihood of being locatable within the milky way is to minimize the amount of transmissions on the higher frequencies so maybe the higher frequencies go further or like what how do you think that reduces higher the frequencies go shorter distances okay lower frequencies go much further right so i guess if you're sending out more high frequencies then there's a smaller area that you could possibly be sending from right that makes so much sense. And I love that Cixin Liu, he allegedly didn't write the document, right? Like this document yeah. is presented like it actually exists. So yeah. why would they explain that? Right. I love that. Now for the message. Oh, God. To extraterrestrial civilizations. Do you want, what What would your message be? I would probably, I don't know. It'd probably be something like really nice, actually. I mean, I guess they kind of did think it through. This article like, makes a OMG, pretty good argument. Hi. Hi. Like the equivalent of like podcast. an interstellar friend request or like, something. Like subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're really big on it. A link to my Amazon wish list. Yeah. Oh my God. We just send nudes. I mean, why not? Well, I mean, if you take a nude and it's on your phone, it lives in your iCloud by default, which is like the internet, which is like by proxy also out in space. I wonder. Yes, you're so right. So every nude ever taken in history is, is just being there. constantly beamed to the extraterrestrials and they're just screaming in horror. I wonder if our first major contact with an extraterrestrial intelligence will be with a civilization that one wears clothing. I mean, I imagine they do because clothing is kind of like, you know, it. It has origins in, like, utilitarian... Well, if you believe the whistleblowers surrounding Roswell... Right. ...who allege that not only craft were recovered, but also bodies Body. from inside the craft... It was nude, the right? The bodies were dressed... Oh, they were dressed. ...in flight uniforms made of material that they couldn't immediately identify or authenticate right. what it was made of. Do you want to hear what the first draft of the message that they were going to send to... You know, they were going to transmit. But they didn't send it? So That's not a question. Of course it. I want to hear it. This is, yeah. This is the first draft. Attention! You who have received this message. This message was sent out by a country that represents revolutionary justice on Earth. Before this, you may have already received other messages sent from the same direction. Those messages were sent by an imperialist superpower on this planet. That superpower is struggling against another superpower for world domination so that it can drag human history backwards. We hope you will not listen to their lies. Stand with justice. Stand with the revolution. So what do you think of that as the first message to uh, extraterrestrials? Immediately no. Yeah, right? Like a little... It's a little too... Like, <laughs> a lot. It's a little too freedom fighter. To yeah. Be, like, this is the first dm you're gonna send me and that's what you're saying you're contacting extraterrestrials you're not signing someone up for the war Easy, you're buddy. Not i'm not gonna spend the rest of my life with you i just met you yeah. you know what i mean like very that right, right too much too soon totally like you're coming on way too strong i need you to just like but send also me a hey but also <laughs> Here's my number. All that information is relevant. So now I'm trying to think of like, well, I mean, what do they do to it to make it like palatable where they're like, okay, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's send this. The instructions, like the criticism for central leadership after reading this was like, like they were so, they were as, as sarcastic as us. They were like, got it. Basically like, why don't you send along the red book while you're at it? Uh, you know, it, like yeah. they're like, it's, it's one thing to put pop propaganda everywhere around China. But we should not be sending it into space. Mm. And I think that's really amazing considering like, you know, how deeply entrenched the communist agenda is yeah. in the government and in like whatever for, for them to be like, no, we 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 need to pull back the propaganda when we're talking intergalactic yeah. communication. The person who's writing this document is like the cultural revolution leadership should have no involvement with the Red Coast. Oh. And like this in message must be so intentional. It's best that it's drafted by a special committee and then discussed and approved by the Politburo. So here's the fourth draft. Okay. The completed text. 
We extend our best wishes to you, inhabitants of another world. After reading the following message, you should have a basic understanding of civilization on Earth. By dint of long toil and creativity, the human race has built a splendid civilization, blossoming with a multitude of diverse cultures. We have also begun to understand the laws governing the natural world and the development of human societies. We cherish all that we have accomplished, but our world is still flawed. Hate exists, as does prejudice and war. Because of conflicts between the forces of production and the relations of production, wealth distribution is extremely uneven and large portions of humanity live in poverty and misery. I was like, damn, okay. Yeah, like out the gate. That is a much better message. Yeah. Okay. And then final paragraph. Human societies are working hard to resolve the difficulties and problems they face, striving to create a better future for Earth civilization. The country that sent this message is engaged in this effort. We are dedicated to building an ideal society where the labor and value of every member of the human race are fully respected, where everyone's material and spiritual needs are fully met so that civilization on Earth may become more perfect. With the best of intentions, we look forward to establishing contact with other civilized societies in the universe. We look forward to working together to build a better life in this vast universe. XOXO, gossip girl. Exactly. I love that. Yeah, pretty way it more like, diplomatic. It like leads with like how great we are, but also like doesn't pretend like we're perfect. And also, because I mean, I feel like they're sending the message like with the assumption that it's going to be heard by somebody or something somewhere someday so that like whenever they hear it if they decide to visit they're not going to be like these fucking liars right it's like giving a full picture but like playing to the strengths and also right they're super accounting for the possibility that whoever does hear it has also heard from the u.s other people yeah yeah so i mean i think they really painted an honorable picture of themselves yeah and not to say they're they're not honorable it portrays the message senders in a light that is favorable but also doesn't pretend like there are no areas for improvement yeah and it's not diluted it's also like kind of like in like an interview setting like how to get a job absolutely right like play to your strengths till you die well yeah but also like don't overdo it like play to your strengths but also like have a little bit of um what's the word humility yeah self-effacing humor yeah for like areas for improvement you don't want to be the person who's like my biggest flaw is that i have no flaws yeah delusional and untrustworthy. Yeah, that more of that. Then the final section of this document is just related policies and strategies. And these have to do with, you know, planning for, you know, what we're going to do after the reception of a message from Smart. ET and after establishing contact. The final note to central leadership is just to remind them how important it is to think through things from a high vantage point and to think long term to not think about what is most beneficial to our immediate needs yeah and i just thought that was a great final note you know because it, it is easy to be like well like how is this going to affect the price of gas you sure. know yeah, yeah, yeah um but to think about this in terms of like true technological leaps and the advancement of human civilization like you can really feel that the author of this article of this document is making his or her best case for this project and to just put aside political motives yeah. for the sake of something else worth doing. You know? Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <laughs> no, it's crazy because if it's only. so relevant. Here's where I know it's a fiction. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, this alone is enough to justify the Red Coast base. How wonderful would it be if the universe really contains other intelligences and other societies? And then the final sentence, someone truly neutral will then be able to comment on whether we are the heroes or villains of history. Oh, fuck. Right? It's pretty radical that he sent that to sent or she sent that to central leadership. Yeah, wow. And that Red Coast base was was greenlit. Was greenlit. Holy shit, that's that's crazy. And it makes sense. Like if Red Coast base is real, and I didn't say is real, I said is real. <laughs> does exist. If it does exist, it's all the more reason why they wouldn't tell you it exists. Yeah. Because it has nothing to do with domestic affairs no it has nothing to do with advancing the communist agenda you know it really has 
only to do with the progression of humanity. Yeah, it's such a big picture idea what they're doing. So like, it could very well exist. These documents really did read like true semi-declassified documents. That's crazy, dude. And that is fucking chapter 13, Red Coast 3. Okay, that's a good... I mean, I still have questions, but, like, I feel sated in a way where, like, I'll at least be able to sleep tonight. Because I had trouble after last week of just, like, leaving it and being like, okay, now and what? Yeah. Now I at least kind of feel like we know what's going on at Red Coast Base at up at Radar Peak. Like Totally. Like, maybe they are, yeah, of course, like, performing the duties, like, that they said initially of taking down enemy satellites and enemy communication, you know, like, from right. unfriendly nations or, but like, rival nations. But, like... Like, maybe that really is just the cover activity. I feel like it is. Wow. That's fascinating. Something that I learned this past week Mm -hmm. that I don't dislike it, but I definitely don't like this fact. Mm -hmm. But it has to do with, so when we talked about Voyager and how we've been, I mean, not even Voyager, but just like since the advent of radio broadcasting, television broadcasting, Earth is a very noisy planet. Mm. We're sending out signals 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We don't stop. Constantly pulsing out information of our existence. Right. Once these radio waves are in space, there's nothing to stop them until they're intercepted by something. No. So they just sort of imagine it like a bubble that's inflating around the planet. That as long as we're broadcasting any type of radio frequency, it's just going to keep expanding and expanding and we'll get bigger for a longer time as, as we're broadcasting. Are you telling me... So, what I'm telling you, quoting from a story on CNN, as human civilization began to flourish on Earth about 5,000 years ago, 1,715 star systems within 326 light years of Earth could have seen our planet over that time. And over the next 5,000 years, due to just our position within the Milky Way as we continue to move, the amount of radio waves that we keep emitting, many factors, 319 more star systems will be be able to see planet earth over the next 5,000 years it'll be over 2,000 star systems with their own collections of planets any one of them potentially harboring life oh my god it actually does give me a feeling in my chest i felt really funny when i learned that like we're gonna be seen if we haven't been already if we haven't been already damn so yeah sorry to do that to you but yeah i i it's weird that that's kind of how this chapter went this week because that's something that i was thinking about this past week yeah and then remember when i sent you there was an object found in the milky way that like astronomers have never seen anything like uh yeah that like is like timed or something a strange spinning object that was pulsing a huge burst of radio energy is it a pulsar i'll tell you three times every hour and it was like clockwork every 18.18 minutes that's crazy right like it just feels like way too clean what every 18.18 minutes this pulse would just like huge bursts of radio energy. And this astrophysicist, Natasha Hurley Walker, who was like leading this investigation using a telescope in the Western Australian outback, basically was like, we've never ever observed a frequency like this before. Like every 18.18 minutes, it was like a huge switch turning off and on like a pulsar, but not a pulsar. Okay. Because pulsars don't have that frequency. Right. So now they're trying to work on like, what is it? Whoa. And they've been able to establish a few facts. This is from fizz.org. The object is about 4,000 light years from Earth. It's incredibly bright. Okay. Extremely strong magnetic field. They don't understand how it's possible. Yeah. Because if they, they're like, if you run the math, you shouldn't be able to even have enough power to produce this kind of radio wave every 20 minutes. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, every 18.18. They think it could be something called an ultra long period magnetar. Okay. But that's never been observed. It's only ever been theorized. Got it. It could be a white dwarf, like a remnant of a collapsed star, but also they think that's super unusual because they only know of one white dwarf pulsar and nothing that's like this huge and like emits such a huge flash. This feels like it would be a case for James Webb. Yeah. Anyways, in conclusion, that object that's flashing at 18.18 minutes 
frequency, people were like, is this alien, right? Like, is this Always. communication? But they don't think it's a sign of artificial intelligence. I mean, so they don't think it's an artificial signal. They think it's a naturally occurring, but like unknown type of. Of like why? Yeah. Like, a, a, like what is the, like some type of new type of pulsar or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I was excited. I was like, but this feels like it could be communication. That's crazy. You know? Well, next week on Radar Peak, we're finally going back into the world of three bodies. Damn. I've come to just expect the worst for these people at this point. For who? All of the people of three body. Like it always Wang. ends in either like Dashi. fire or ice. Oh, I see what you're saying. Not the players. The world of three body. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just ex- literally expecting the worst Can at this point. Can Wang win the game? Crack the, you know, code. But then what happens if he wins? I don't know, right? Level two? <laughs> If you play video games, tweet at us. <laughs> Let us know what happens when you win. Okay, well, my V-suit is ready. And I have a visa. Sure. To. You can pay for my subscription. Three body. Yeah, so that's great. I'm ready to log back on. But in the meantime, we invite you to log back on in the future. You've been listening to Radar Peak, a three-body podcast. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for exclusive content we might not have time for, subscribe to our Patreon. One last thing before you go. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review and tell your friends about us. Join in on the conversation when you follow us on Twitter at RadarPeakPod. See you there.